Well, welcome to the State of the Church Address, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Let's pray, uh, because sometimes, I know I always did, tune out when the State of the Church, or State of the Union Address was on. So, um, we'll pause for commercial break if I see any of you falling asleep, or eating Cheetos, or playing video games, or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to prayer so that we can be inspired. Father, this morning we are gathered. We have worshipped you. We have lifted our voices, our hearts to you. We have shared scripture. We have worshipped in spirit and in truth. Now, Lord, inspire the people. Lift them up. Your spirit knows their hearts, knows their joys, knows their sorrows. Lead them, God. Pull us together as a church. Help us to move together. Help us to be the light of Christ that changes the world. Amen. Well, this morning I announced to you that our theme is Turn on the Lights for 2016. Uh, That does not apply to my household. We're into energy conservation with three teenagers. And you could get a nice fan effect standing by my meter. Um, The amount of electricity that's going through my house. But here it is, turn on the lights. And so this morning, I have a story of two brothers for you. Two brothers that were separated and had completely different lives. One grew up in a certain household and one grew up in a different household. And their lives and their experiences were completely different. We'll check in with those brothers in just a minute. So turn the lights on. Well, let's start with where we were in 2015. You'll hear a lot more about this past year at the uh, annual meeting that's coming up. And at that time, I expect to hear from you from some things we're going to propose at the end. We're going to find out if you're committed. Because some of the things that we desire to do... There's no way we can do that unless we have agreement. You know, churches often, they, they step out and they make these big proclamations and statements, but they never get the commitment of the people. And so sometimes we lead and we're wondering if anyone's following. We're going to find out if we're ready to follow, if the Lord is behind this at the annual meeting. So please make sure you set that up. Uh, I believe it's not next Sunday, but the following Sunday in mid-January. And so we're very excited about that. But I would like to speak about a few things. Last year's theme was uncommon. So my question is, how were things uncommon? Well, I've got a few highlights for the year. I think, (coughs) excuse me, I think my greatest highlight for the year was that I was able to preach the gospel to my biological family. That was a dream of mine since I knew that I had been adopted. Since I knew that I had to have family out there somewhere. You want to talk about a miraculous opportunity. You want to talk about years of prayer. You want to talk about something happening that was completely out of one's control. That was a highlight for me. Not just a 2015 highlight, but a a life highlight. Now I know that the truth has gone out to at least three of my siblings. Our graciousness in helping others through the Deacon's Fund. I have a Deacon's Fund slip up here somewhere. Here it is. These are in the back of your chairs. And 
we usually, we traditionally say that on the first Sunday of the month when we do communion, this is the first Sunday, we actually had communion last Sunday for a special worship time, knowing this was state of the church. But we often, on the first Sunday, that has been our tradition, but you know what, we're going to break tradition right now and let you know, at any point in time where the Spirit leads you, this goes above and beyond our normal giving, that our deacons fund is simply there to help people in need. Some people call it a benevolence fund. But our deacons fund, I think, gave out over $10,000 this past year in help. Not just to our own people, but to people in the community. So you're going to hear more about those opportunities coming up, but that was a highlight. That was a highlight how our deacons helped out through your giving, through your graciousness. I believe we ended up in the black. Our financial chairman of 2015 and years beyond. Actually, I'm going to ask our new 2016 financial chairman, Rihanna Bensing. Rihanna, did we finish in the black this past year? She says yes. That's fantastic because, and now I'll refer to our 2015, see, this is very stately, I'm referring to our officers. Our 2015 financial chairman, Mr. Alan Hammond. Alan Hammond, what was the percentage of increase that was a faith budget this past year? Did we, did we have a 19% faith budget? Don't remember? All I know is it was large. It was large. We took on a new position, halftime position this past year. Not only did we do that, we decided to support and fund and, and subsidize Lifetime Summer Day Camp by $7,500. And we still ended up to the plus because of God's graciousness working through you. That's a highlight. The body of Christ stepping up and serving one another. I don't have enough time to talk about this. But let me just give you an example. By the way, this drives all visitors away because you're like, oh my goodness, this pastor calls out your name in front of everyone. Absolutely, Jesus did it, so I'll do it too. And so the person who's laughing the most, she knows I'm, ca- I'm going to call on her. So uh, this is Rose right here. And Rose, where, uh, how do you know Trish? I know Trish. I met her the second Sunday when I came back this past time. And she was and have you been to their house? Oh, several times. <laughs> they, yes. They're my, they're my, my second family. They're definitely, they've definitely taken me in. Yeah. I, I could give that story 20, 30, 40 times over about this Philadelphia-style church, this small but powerful church. Over and over, the body of Christ stepping up and serving one another sacrificially. New faces. If I were to say, <laughs> I've got to get myself in trouble here. If I were to tell you that Tom and Barbara are some new faces here. If I were to tell you that, that David is a new face here. David, I'm, I'm not going to get here. I, I think I know how to pronounce your wife's name, but I don't want to get it wrong. So David, could you please say your wife's name out loud? I had it. Yes. It's Sujana. Yes. Um, uh, So now you know where David and Sujana are. Um, Many new faces. 
many new faces here at Concord Bible Church. That's a praise. Life groups. If I were to tell you that one of our life groups saw that we had a group of post-high school grads that weren't really tying in anywhere, and they reached out to them, and we have four to five post-high school grads attending one of our life groups, would you be amazed? I would. And I'm pretty excited about that. That's a highlight. That's a highlight. That's an answer to prayer. We had our first men's retreat ever. We had our best attended women's retreat this past year. Lifetime was tremendous. We served the most families. The budget was the highest. The staff was the best. And we ended in the black again to the praise of God. We have a sport court uh, project going on that... Actually, the fun part is that the money wasn't the big issue. We've got over $40,000 just waiting to build this thing. It's getting it through the county for planning. So that's the 2016 miracle that we're all praying for. Okay? But we've started, and there's things about that 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 were highlights that God has done. But on and on and on I can go. About what you have done to shine your light How tremendous. How tremendous. So thank you. Thank you for living and walking as Christ does. Because it matters. And I'm going to show you why. So this is one brother. Let me just ask you, what do you see? Just blurt it out, what do you see? You guys see a black dot? Who just said that? Who just said the white? David, say that one more time. David, you're a brilliant man. Not because you gave that answer, but you're just a brilliant man. David, you're kind of a scientific guy. This guy is like really, right? And, and so if you were to put a percentage, David, on how much of that was white versus how much was black, what, just throw a percentage out. You can't be wrong. you heard it from David, the brilliant man in the audience. 97% of that was white, and yet all of you saw the black dot. Isn't it fascinating how we are wired? Many of us have experienced darkness this past year. Many of us have experienced... I'm not ready to get into that yet. I just want you to see the one brother... Our theme in 2015 was uncommon. This was our verse. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what we were to be focusing on. Number one, all that God has given to us, all that we are experiencing, all of that is from God. Now some of it, we scratch our head and say, really God? And other parts that we enjoy, and it's very comfortable, and, and gives us just this great spiritual equinox of feeling, we're like, yes, that's God. All of this is from God. And then he says this, what? Who through Christ reconciled us to Himself. Being separated from God because of sin, God gave us Christ that we might be in relationship with Him again. 
that we might experience His glory, that we might enter into His rest. Amen? And then what does it say? What does Paul say? As a result of that, it what? He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Brothers and sisters, I don't have enough time to share with you how many times I've heard of people in this church reaching out to others in this church or those outside of this church sharing this idea of reconciliation. Praise God. But you know, last year was an uncommon year. A lot of things that have normally happened around here did not happen. Some of us have gone through darkness this past year. To my knowledge, we haven't seen any adults come to newfound faith for the first time in nine years here at Concord Bible Church. We've, we've experienced loss unlike any year since I've been here. Whether it's people moving, whether it's death or spiritual complacency. When it comes to darkness, which is what you all saw in that picture, I've traveled my own road of darkness this past year, unlike any other year. And it was finally resolved January 30th. I'm sorry, December 30th, 2015. Yes. In the case of the people versus Jeremy Cook in a Fresno County courthouse four days ago as your pastor stood before it. Oh boy, some of you are like, what? I'm having a lot of fun with this one. There's some whispering going on in here. There is, who did we hire? I kid you not, when I heard those words, the people versus Jeremy Cook, I wish I had a recording. Yes, some of you heard of the incredible and salacious story of your pastor getting written up for fishing without a license at our men's retreat. When your pastor had a license. And then, your pastor sought to acquiesce to the halls of justice and schedule his time to go and take care of said infraction and uh, I arrived after three and a half hours of travel to yonder distant city of Fres Pit. <laughs> Sorry, Marianne. It ends with a better, a better understanding of Fres Pit. Uh, I arrived there, and the clerk told me, "Well, you were supposed to be here at 8:30." And I said, "I'm coming from San Francisco." I said, I don't even want to appear in court. I just want to pay the fine for the thing I didn't do. And she says, well, it's too late. It went to warrant. I said, what? Are you kidding me? I have a warrant out for me for illegal fishing when I wasn't illegally fishing. Yes, sir, and I can't help you with that. You cannot appear today. It's too late. I said, so let me just understand this. In the halls of injustice of Fresno County... You are now going to make me drive home with no resolution. I have a warrant on my head, a bounty. On, oh, by the way, you can no longer collect on that bounty for those of you that 
wanted to turn me in. My life group actually had taken a collection to bail me out of jail. It was great. Uh, no more love than that, I'll tell you. And, uh, and she said, no, you can't appear today. You're going to have to come back. So January 30th, I drove. I got a hotel room, $90. Add that one onto the bill. I got up, sorry, December. I, I'm, I'm just so hurt over this whole thing. I'm confused about the dates. And uh, walked in 29-degree weather four blocks and stood outside the county courthouse with nobody else at 6 a.m., For two hours, I stood in the freezing cold over this great injustice to the fish and game department of the state of California. And, uh, but I survived. And then I got in there and I stood before the judge in the case of the people versus Jeremy Cook in the darkness that I had been walking in for the better part of six months. And I showed the judge my license. And he looked at me and he said, why are you here? <laughs> and he said, are you kidding me? He said, you have a license. I said, yeah, I got a license. I didn't say it like that, trust me. <laughs> I said, yes, I have a license. And he said, what? What did I want to hear? Case dismissed. Case dismissed. And I was free from the darkness of 2015. (laughs) Folks, 2015 was an uncommon year. Now, I I tell that story in jest, but I kid you not. My wife will tell you it's those kinds of things that will drive me nuts. It, It will drive me nuts. But on a more serious level, to share with you briefly, some of you are aware that um, my family did go through some tribulation this year. Some very dark things. And so I want to share with you real briefly the secret to that. And the secret to that is found in Matthew five sixteen. You see, like the one boy, you can focus on that black when everything, 97% is light. And we had a choice as a family to focus on that 3%, 4%, as devastating as it was. And here's what God gave me. The word thankfulness. And I preached on Colossians chapter 1, the power of thankfulness. And when we start thinking with thankfulness, we start seeing the light. And the enemy seeks to take that light and extinguish it. And what God did is He showed me all the light around me. So I may be the black dot, but I'm looking at nothing but light. And that transforms you. It transforms you out of the darkness. Injustice is a fickle fellow. Let me share some verses with you because this is a reality. You've seen it sitting up here. This is a reality. And and sometimes my brothers and sisters, we talk about Christ and having that relationship with Christ that life is as it will be in heaven. It is not here as it will be in heaven. 
But we have the power of God to move us through those challenges. He said, you will face trials of many kinds, but I have what? Overcome it. Blessed is he, over and over to the letters to the churches in Revelation, blessed is he who overcomes. Well, if everything is just smooth sailing, what do you have to overcome? Folks, it's hard. It's hard. And the enemy is here. We have people that I know that have come to Christ and they have walked away because they're looking at other people and looking at our lives and looking and saying, I don't want to have anything to do with faith if that's what faith in Jesus Christ looks like. You know that's the number one trick of Satan? Stop looking at people to evaluate Christ. That makes no sense. You're getting played if you do that. Get focused on Christ if you want to see Christ. But we will continue to stumble around and through the grace of God, we're going to have some good days. And if we let our light shine before men through our good works, what will happen according to that promise of Jesus Christ? They will give glory to God in heaven. Amen? Amen. But this is a reality. Peter says it to the church that was suffering. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. You're saying, Pastor, what's that got to do with going through hard times? I'm not done. In this you meander. In this you waddle in this you contemplate we're so good at that as the american church what does it say we rejoice in this you rejoice you want to turn on some lights this is how you do it in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials do you have enough? Do you have enough trial going on in your life that it requires the power and the peace of Christ to get in there and to do something that makes you attractive to people that are suffering? Because that's how it works. And it says this, so that tested genuineness of your faith. Some of you have probably said, my faith is hanging by a thread. You're right there. You're right there. And that's okay. Because that's what trials do. But what is the outcome? More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, here's the outcome, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your what? Your good works. So that they may give glory to your God in heaven. Sometimes we get confused. Because the enemy is good at confusing us. Folks, when those trials come, God may allow those trials. If you get a little confused in how this all works, read the book of Job. But God is not here to make sure that we have the perfect heaven life. God is here for us to depend on when those trials come. 
So that we can experience God even though we cannot see Him, we cannot touch Him. And that's later in that 1 Peter chapter 1 passage. But part of the problem is we get confused sometimes. We want to blame God for what God really was not forcing the issue on. You see, this world, according to Scripture, is whose? God's or the enemy's? It's the enemy's. It's the enemy's. So please, don't confuse where the darkness comes from and where the light comes from. It says this, these are Jesus' words, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I dare say most of you have experienced that in one form or another. But Jesus says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I dare say many of you have experienced that as well. Remember, who is at work? Who is at work? So now what do you see? I'm not going to go back to David. He got the first one right. Now you're all gun shy. Okay, does he want me to say a white dot or a black You see the white dot? Now, how many of you see the white dot? It's just you can't get your eyes off it. Do you understand? Do I need to define this for you? Or is the Holy Spirit teaching you right now? I want you to think, I mean, we're going to have that other slide up. All You're going to get sick of light bulbs. You're just going to get sick of them. But I want you to remember this one. Because the magnitude of that. There's so much going on all around it. But where are your eyes drawn to? And by the way, because Jesus was the light of the world, He came into the world. Guess what? Crowds drew to Him. And they heard the message of the Gospel. Did they all respond? No. But that wasn't the point. The point was to be the light to the world and that would bring the people and the people heard the message for which they were then accountable to. They just need to hear it. So our theme this year is turn the lights on. Matthew 5.16, are are you tired of it yet? You're going to hear it so much. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. John 1, 4-5 gives us this definition of Jesus and where this light comes from. It says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You're going to see this graphic in the bottom right corner a lot this year. And, and the reason, just so there's no ambiguity, the, way I, I, the reason I chose that is, is because I see Christ's hand there illuminating the bulb. Does that make sense? And, and that when you see that graphic this year, that's a reminder that it's not in your power that you're going to turn on the light. It's through Christ's power. Nobody's interested in your light. It's not that impressive. It's just like everybody else's... Oh boy, that pastor's real encouraging. It's just like everybody else's light. Okay, it's okay, alright, great. You got my attention for a little bit. But when you get the power and the light of Christ, it captures an audience. It captures an audience. So this year, our theme is discipleship. Now how, Pastor, are you making this connection with light and discipleship? You remember the graphic, and you'll see it here coming up at the end. You've got one lit bulb. 
guys could have a lot of good jokes with that all year long. You've got one lit bulb and you've got a whole cluster of unlit bulbs. What's the object? It's to light a bulb. It's to turn a light on. How do we do that? We do it through discipleship. We do it through discipleship. Now, something that was uncommon this year is we've talked about discipleship for years. And I don't know why it happened this year because it truly fulfilled our theme of uncommon. We have more people without me instigating it, without me setting it up, without me designing it, that have reached out to others within this church and are discipling others within this church. I think I'm more encouraged standing before you right now than any other moment on this level with what was happening because Christ was setting that up. The Holy Spirit was moving within the body of the people here at Concord Bible to set up where we're going with this idea of discipleship. So, let's give you a model. Jesus' model for discipleship. This is where we're going to be preaching for the month of January. It's this idea of come and see. Why, why do we have a chili cook-off? Because we like to eat chili. Yes, that's an obvious But we also do it so that we have an opportunity for people to come and see. There was a lady walking her dog on our front lawn at the beginning of service. And I was this close to walking out and just saying, Hey, after you're done, come on in and and share in worship with us. We'll share our lawn with you. (laughs) You come share in worship with us. And I got to tell you, you know what? That's pretty good stuff because I know there's a spiritual struggle. Every time I see someone walking their dog on our lawn, do you know what rises up in the natural man? I'm not going to tell you because we're recording it. But do you know that Damien and Ariana Wills and their beautiful children, that's how I met them? The Saturday after I moved here, Hanny and I were working on my office and laying hardwood and I looked like, I, I did not look good. I mean, I don't look good most of the time anyway, but I really did not look good. I had mastic all over me. I was smelly. I had a torn jeans and, and, a, and a halter top. No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but I'm walking out dumping a bunch of trash. Now, you'll never get past that image. Walking over to the trash can, and here's this young couple throwing a ball to their dog. And I didn't have ownership here yet, so I wasn't that fried about it. <laughs> But I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I thought, oh, yeah, this is a great place to walk your dog. And so I just spent some time talking with them and invited them to church. And they come one Sunday, two weeks later, and they see me get up and start preaching. They're just shaking their heads. I'm like, we did not know that was the pastor. So make yourself a mess. Walk around your community. <laughs> And say, hey, come see what's going on, because I look so good. No, you have things that you say, come and see. Come and see. Come and see the light of Christ. Then you take it to the next step of come and follow. Once someone has come and they're seeing what's going on, then you engage and you say, hey, come follow me. Let me show you why I am who I am. Then the next one is, if they still progress at that level, Then you say, come be with me. Now you're opening up your house. Now you're opening up your house. And now you're able to really get into some deep discipleship. And by the way, there's a goal here that a lot of of Christians don't like. Once you get that relationship, it's really tight, it's really good, and we're locked in for forever. I got my disciple. I did it. Yay. Okay, I'm going to heaven now. That's a lot of sarcasm there. The next part we don't like. Go. 
Go and remain in me. By the way, the me is Christ, okay? The me is Christ. And the reason we say go is because that person then needs to do what? The same thing. And if they just remain under your discipleship, they'll never do that. They'll never do that. So this is what we're going to talk about coming up. Colossians 1, 28 and 29 is, is kind of a life ministry verse for me. This is how I try to turn the lights on. Him we proclaim. There we go. There's turning on a light. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is my purpose as your pastor. That I may be able to present those that are my sheep that God has given to me mature in Christ. And for this I toil. I recently heard this word and it's the first time I've heard it about our church. Complacent. 2015 was uncommon. But I heard the word complacent. And I I never thought I would hear that. Can I just encourage us? We are toiling. Many of us toil. But the reason that word complacent came was because we need to toil in the same direction. Sometimes when we put out too much and all the sporadic things are happening, that it, it doesn't yield a harvest. And that's where we have to trust leadership. And, 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 and try to get on board with what God's doing. And move in that same direction together. For this I toil struggling with all His energy. Remember, right? Christ holding the bulb that He powerfully works within me. 1 Peter 1, 3-11. How do we do this discipleship? How do we turn the lights on? Actually, I apologize. I, I, I didn't write that out well. It shouldn't say 2015 uncommon. It'll say that for these next three verses. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So you're saying, discipleship, well the first thing that you've got to do when it comes to discipleship is you've got to get your light right. You've got to get your light right. You've got to get it working and, and, and together and happening and I've got to get my computer right. It just shut off on me so I can see my notes. But we have to get ourselves right. I hear that sigh. I'll, I'll wrap up quickly. You kids are doing good. Hang in there. I'm almost done. Trust me, they're all sighing too. Okay. Discipleship theme this year, how are we going to light the darkness? Well, the, the challenge is that we have to light, we have to attend to our own light. This verse helps you understand how to do this. His divine power, so it's not in our own power, but it's in His power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers in the divine nature. Now, if I'm partaking in that divine nature, Christ is working through me, my light is on, okay? I'm doing those good works that people will see around me. I am the white dot in the black scale. But how do I make that white dot really white? He gives you that understanding. And he goes on and says, Escape from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Here it is. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So you've got to start with faith. With virtue. And with virtue, knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with steadfastness. And steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. And you've got this list of things. It's not comprehensive, but it's a great place to rest in and to look at. And you say, well, how do I grow in those things? Look for them in Scripture. Look how Christ did them. Look how they're described in the New Testament, right? 
And here's the promise. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being what? Ineffective or unfruitful. So how do I get my light burning so I'm ready to do discipleship? You've got to attend to your own stuff. You've got to make sure it's ready to go. You've got to be feeding it with power. And that's a great start. By the way, the, the bottom end of that says, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So turn the lights on. That's our goal. Let me tell you a couple things that we're going to do and you're going to give me some feedback on, okay? Options on Sunday. The third Sunday of every month is going to be an outreach Sunday. I'm not telling you not to bring your friends on every Sunday. Do that. Bring your friends on every Sunday. But we're going to set the service so there will always be an opportunity to respond to the gospel on the third Sunday of every month. We're going to make that commitment. The outreach team is going to make the commitment to have a set-up area coming up this, this year where you can go and let them know of needs you know of in the church or in the community. And on any given Sunday, you can also go and say, hey, this afternoon I would love to spend some time taking my light to the world. What opportunities are out there that I can serve those that are around and I can shine for Christ? We want to do that as well. We want to be purposeful about personal value personal discipleship and reaching out and lighting more bulbs. These bulbs that you see, in some way or form or variation, we're going to get a bunch of them and we're going to have them behind me. The object is that every time we hear about, through someone's efforts here at Concord Bible Church, an individual moving from the darkness to the light, basically their light turning on, we screw that bulb in and you'll see a light lit that next Sunday. You know what the obvious goal is, right? You see, we're serious. We want to see measurable. We want to be encouraged. And here's the end of the game. On the last day of this year, the very last day of this year, wherever those lights are here, we're going to have a service to bring in the new year of prayer. And we will only do it by those lights. And my encouragement is, let's get enough of those lights lit that there's rejoicing. Let's get enough of those lights lit that there's rejoicing. So as you have the light of Christ shining to the world around you, and you seek to do discipleship this year, you come and let me know when God has worked through that effort, that someone's light has been turned on. And we'll turn that bulb on. And it'll be exciting. Come with an eager expectation every Sunday to see what God is doing. Now that'll be wonderful, won't it? But it's not going to work. If you do that, it's not going to work. You'll not see a single light lit. How are we going to get those lights lit? By people coming and seeing if the lights are lit? How are we going to see those lights lit? By you taking that message to those who need the light turned on. That's how it's going to happen. And we will rejoice. 
we will rejoice. Let me close in prayer. We're going to have a closing song today. And then as we dismiss, you may or may not stick around to hear it, but I have duly noted in my will, which is very nebulous, but I've told my my wife that at my memorial service, this song has to be played, and we're just going to let it roll. Um, Once I dismiss you, and as you're greeting one another, you might hear what the words are, and it's there to encourage you about this message and our state of the church and where we're going this year. Let me uh, pray and ask the band to come on up in closing. Again, as you exit today, please know that uh, we have the the, the two uh, uh, boxes in the back for uh, your gifts and for um, your response cards. Let me pray. Father, you have asked that we have a ministry of reconciliation. Lord, your Son has given the expectation that as He came as the light of the world, that as He turned on that light within us, the light of men, that we turn around and we share the same with others so that they might be illuminated. Father, we look forward to each day where a light goes on for the kingdom. Raise up within your church those that are freshly lit. We ask this in your power and in your name. We ask that you bless the offering today. Use it to bring light to the world and to your glory. Amen.